Welcome to Personal Podcaster, the place where you learn how to create a podcast to develop your career. I'm your host, Angela Chong. Hey, everyone. Today, we have an incredible guest with us, my first guest on Personal Podcaster. She is a fellow producer at Sweetfish and has turned into a great friend. Her expertise and interests lie within industry research, not just for her customers at work, but with her own podcast. She deep dives into research and guest prospecting tactics that have worked for her. We also talk through starting a podcast over when you're simply not happy with how it's working and how to make that content authentic. I'll let her tell you the rest. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Personal Podcaster. I'm your host, Angela Chong. Today, I am joined by Rita Risha. Welcome, Rita. Well, thanks for being on the show. Hello, Miss Angela. Thank you for having me today. Well, you are an absolute joy to work with at Sweetfish as a fellow podcast producer, and you have a ton of insight and enjoy doing industry research, which I find really interesting not just for your Sweetfish customers, but also your own podcast. So I'm going to tee up our first question with a quick summary that my listeners have been learning about how to narrow down their broader podcast topics and then episode topics. And we've talked about many different tactics, but I wanted to dive in and hear your ideas about narrowing down podcast topics and what that looks like for you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's actually cool. I recently wrote a very brief LinkedIn post about this. Um, in marketing, if you feel like you want to be owned for known for everything, you will be known for nothing. And that is because creating content that is about anything and everything in the beginning of your podcasting career uh, may not touch the audience that you are trying to reach. By narrowing down your topic, you are in a way narrowing down your audience. And the more niche your audience, the more likely you are to create a community or a following. The best thing to do is just start on a topic that you enjoy and that you're passionate about and something that you get excited about. Because if you're committing to make a lot of content and many, hopefully many episodes, it should hopefully be something you like to talk about. <laughs> so, I mean, for me, I had to narrow it down and I was thinking about a few things. I'm like, what do I like? I like mm -hmm. Disney, traveling, beauty, fashion. Mm -hmm. And if I made a podcast about absolutely all of those things, then it would kind of be a mishmash of a lot of random content. <laughs> the other thing is that it has to be something that you can also provide value with too. I love Disney, but I don't know if I could provide actionable, valuable takeaways in my content. And, you know, there are some things in my life that I don't necessarily want to turn into business or work. I just kind of want to have fun with. So that's a good distinction too. Yeah, definitely. You know, don't take your passions and um, hobbies that are meant just for your leisure and stress relief and turn it into work because at the end of the day, your podcast is going to be work, whether it's something you're passionate about or not. It will end up taking a lot of your time. I, I think, Angela, you can 
speak to that a little bit about the amount of work that's involved with a podcast. Oh, yes. It's definitely worth it. But yeah, it takes time. Exactly. So it's like a combination of making sure it's a topic you enjoy, first and foremost. Second Mm -hmm. of all, a topic that uh, you won't get sick of talking about in addition to making sure it provides value for your listeners. And then the third thing, making sure that it's a topic that is succinct and targeted towards an audience that would be interested and easy to follow along with those episodes and that kind of content. An example of how I essentially uh, tried a podcast that definitely had a great premise. It had a great um, niche idea, Mm -hmm. but over time I got sick of or didn't personally resonate with anymore was the idea of traveling. So I was like, I like traveling. Angela and I both work remote. And I know that there's a lot more people that after the pandemic have worked remote. True. So I decided, oh, you know, digital nomads are a thing. And then the name digital nomads is kind of taken everywhere. And so I worked with someone else um, who gave me inspiration We for the name and um, they mentioned the nomadic professional. And I was like, wow, the nomadic professional, that's going to be exciting. I'm going to talk to all sorts of people with remote work experience and also travel stories. And it'll be so great. And, you know, they they pack up their stuff and they live and work through their backpack and whatever. So it was cool. And, and I was excited about it. But after three or four episodes and many pre-interview episodes that haven't unfortunately seen the light of day, Mm -hmm. I realized that I didn't resonate with that lifestyle and I wasn't Mm -hmm. excited about talking about it because in a way I learned through other people. Like I, I met the, the, the premise of the podcast, which was for me to learn from others so that I could do the same of what they were doing. And I realized that I don't do well moving around a lot and I don't necessarily enjoy it. I want to, when I would travel, like I just want it to be for leisure. I don't want to include work into the mix. So, and then additionally, I had to provide some sort of business aspect in the content as well. So many people were talking about high level things like, you know, how their business is doing well and places that they've seen and Um, ironically enough, I don't know if it was just too niche of a topic because their Mm -hmm. advice was kind of the same. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point. When figuring out my podcast topic, I, I said this in episode one, I didn't want to just do a, like a full blown podcast season after season after season about podcasting, because I feel like after a while, only so many things you can talk about, especially without showing people visuals. Um, yes. for the podcasting world, but having, having the thought line of developing someone's career that could go in a million different directions. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that is a multifaceted, um, pool of content that you can continually pull from and get various perspectives on. Whereas yeah. I found that digital nomads are like, Hey, you know, I have a router of a portable Wi-Fi thing. And then I time block and I do these things and then blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I budget. And then it was like, oh no, this is starting to sound the same. I can't commit to 20,000, how many ever episodes in my life I want to make with this thing. So 
it was so, entertaining, but it wasn't going to be impactful for people. How difficult was it for you to make the decision to switch topics? It's hard because it's something that when you change or your topic, or you decide to stop the podcast that you were so excited about and you thought was the thing, mm-hmm. it kind of feels like a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like I've let people down that I told them that they would be on my show. Mm-hmm. I've wasted time or resources. And that's like a very common negative mindset, at least I had until I reflected and I realized that I've created these deadlines and this show idea, this stuff that I made and the timelines and whatever the projects, reminders that I set myself for make to make the show continually happen, I created them. And since mm-hmm. I created them, who says that the timeline can't shift and the topic can't shift? And rather than, you know, I did give up for a while. I was like, well, I'm a failure. I can't make podcasts because I don't think this is going to be interesting anymore. And rather than sticking to that and with some reflection and a lot of research, um, industry research, I was like, well, I still want to do this. So Mm -hmm. why don't I take the experience as a learning experience? Because Mm -hmm. I learned a lot. I mean, the actual skills of the pre-interviewing and how to make your episode sound and look good and how how you're going to coordinate the show notes and all the other aspects of the pieces of the puzzle that Mm -hmm. it takes to make your podcast exist online, I had to learn how to do it. So I was like, okay, well, that was just a learning experience. Let's try again. (laughs) I'm going to pause right there and focus on failing forward. Mm. That is such a concept that I think especially millennials and Gen Zers, we are caught up in this idea that if we fail once, we weren't meant to do it. And I I think sometimes, I don't know where that thought line comes from or teaching comes from or why it's so prevalent in our culture right now, but that doesn't make any logical sense. There are so many people who are successful who have turned in you know, copy after copy after copy about of books. That's JK Rowling's story with Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, Oprah's story of interviewing people like person after person. So all that to say, I'm very proud of you for starting over because that is one courageous and two, you do have all this industry knowledge and you should put it to use because you are great at what you do and therefore you. you should try again. No, I really appreciate that. And that's the kind of encouragement that you need. I I think that something else that people don't talk about when you are deciding to start a podcast is mm-hmm. the importance of community or support because it's overwhelming to do alone. Yeah. And I think that if you can have a co-host, someone that can help you keep accountable and split up the work, mm-hmm. that's a great idea. If you can't have a co-host, if there's someone in your life um, that you can speak to and just say like, hey, I'm go- I'm doing this thing and I'm having trouble with this thing. Like they can talk to you and give you a perspective that you may not have. Sure. Um, and for me, like what, how I, you know, I didn't have either of those things in the moment because I was just so feeling down on myself. What mm-hmm. really encouraged me to get back up and kind of almost surpass that I did it once failed 
forever millennial thinking sure. is Gary V. Um, I listen to a lot of his podcasts and a lot of his content. And what I love is how he talks about the, the idea that you have time, that if you start, no matter what age you are and just doing something like you have time, like don't tell yourself, oh, you know, I am in my late twenties and all these other young TikTokers are out there and they're doing so well. And I'm just, I missed my time. No, your voice, your perspective, your knowledge is always going to be unique. It is never going to be like another person. Even if your niche topic is similar to somebody else's niche topic, you are a unique individual with different life experiences and perspectives than any other person in this world. Your knowledge and feedback is is wanted and needed to create diversity or, or you know, your personality isn't a photocopy of somebody else's. So just like remembering that and realizing like I am me and I have time, whatever that means for me, as long as I don't give up and I'm learning one thing a day or trying one thing a day, one small step every day towards my podcast is still progress, no matter how small the step is. I think it's important to remember because there are days where I'm like, well, I haven't launched it yet. Okay, well, I've tried recording the trailer episode three times. <laughs> <laughs> and I am not trying to over-focus on quality. That's not the case. But what I'm focusing on is authenticity. I want my contact, content to feel authentic and represent myself. I love yeah. that. You're getting re-energized from starting over, mm -hmm. from having a co-host, which is like a whole nother topic for another day. But I love that. I'm so excited for that aspect of your podcast. So when you decided to shift again, you're getting refocused, re-energized. How, how did you start narrowing down the topic that you wanted yes. to talk about? The first thing that I went back to was making sure that it was something, again, let's, I went back to my, my few things that I like that I'm passionate about. So we mentioned this in the beginning. I said, Disney, travel, beauty, and the passion. Sure. So we tried travel, nixed it. Disney, no. So, okay, beauty and fashion. How do I take beauty and fashion, which is huge in and of itself, and narrow it down? I thought, okay, uh, I don't want to make this too niche like I did in the last run. Okay. So let's make it more generalized, but still focused on that area. So for mm -hmm. me, the word beauty can be generalized. It's semi-related to many topics, um, but not too set in stone. So like my fear was that, you know, if I only make it about beauty in the sense of makeup, then there wouldn't be a lot to talk about. Like, you know, podcasting is audio and, and sometimes video, but a lot of the time audio related. So how am I going to convey the topic of makeup, a very visual concept and audio? Right. So I was like, let's think about it more high level. What is beauty? Beauty can be makeup, it can be uh, interior design, it can be fashion as in stylists, it can be skincare, it, it could also be uh, in the sense of inner work, inner self work, I consider to be how you gain beauty from within, whether it's health or lifestyle or mental health. You know, I think that those are all things that beauty can be attributed to because self-care can make you feel good and radio radiate beauty on the outside. I decided, okay, like those are all great things. Now, what if we talk about the other thing that I like, which I do 
all the time, which is business, business, content marketing, all of those things. I decided, okay, I think the business of beauty, um, after a lot of name back and forth, would be a cool idea. It's a series. We can do a series on just on makeup artists and how they got their living or you know, how somebody that was a lifestyle physical trainer, like, you know, changed, pivoted, maybe they were working on Wall Street and now they decided, hey, I want to be a personal trainer. Like how, what was that story like? So it it was more on like the story. What can I do to communicate a story that has impact and I can relate to myself because I want to be real and authentic. That is the number one goal. Prior, my goal was I want to make a podcast, period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not sustainable. That's not something that's going to fire your yourself up and give you purpose. So sure. for me, the purpose is I want to be real, authentic, and impactful. And in this podcast, in this show, I want to speak directly to the listener Uh, not create content just for the sake of creating content. Think of, you know, another thing to think of with the name is I want this potentially to form into a side hustle for me. I don't know. So I want the name Mm. to be potentially a brand. And that brand can be many things, the business of beauty. It could be, it could lead into more, a blog if I get to that point, possibly merch, maybe a seminar, who knows? But I think those are the things that you need to keep in mind, making sure that you're creating content that's authentic, mm-hmm. narrowing down a topic that is not too niche, but wide enough to resonate and create good stories. Mm-hmm. And then think about your name as a brand. It could evolve. You don't know. There will hopefully be a lot of young professionals who are looking to start their own podcast, could turn it into a brand. Absolutely will use their podcasts for networking purposes. So all this is really helpful because you're starting with your passions. Mm-hmm. You automatically have a bunch of subtopics right off the bat, off the top of your head, which is awesome. And we've talked through how to research various topics as well, like on LinkedIn, Google Alphabet Soup, all the things that we're familiar with. I just find it really interesting is the wrong word. I find it inspiring that you already had amazing subtopics already. I thank you. I appreciate that. I, it's just something that takes time and reflection um, and planning. So for mm-hmm. me, that is part of the reason why I am not forcing myself. This is going to be controversial, but I'm not giving myself a launch date for this podcast anymore. Oh, controversial indeed. I'm giving controversy, controversy. That was just talking like a Southern grandma. I don't know what's happening over here. I'm checking my street old time. I don't know. Um, We're keeping that in. We're not editing that out. Oh boy. You're welcome. Uh, Yeah. So I'm taking my time because I gave myself stress by saying in two weeks, I need to have everything figured out tomorrow. And again, I'm, I'm, going to continue to use this as a learning experience. And at some point, yes, I have to start. I'm not going to say that I am going to give myself 20 years. No, it's just more Mm -hmm. so like I would rather sit down and journal and, and take the time to research and think about 
the entirety of the show rather than what I did before, which was like, okay, post execute. Oh, snap. I have to make more episodes. (laughs) What do I do now? (laughs) So I did write out a list of like everything that I talked about was a combination of not just me, but my co-host as well, because that what helped really truly is that my co-host is in the makeup and in uh, fashion beauty industry. She has her own business. She's She just got the keys to her own studio. She's only 26 and she's starting her own business from scratch. Wow. And I find that inspiring and also very useful because she has yeah. industry knowledge and industry connections and I have the podcasting knowledge and business connections and understanding. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of kind of fun to sit down and be able to talk to somebody like that and easier to spitball ideas. And just like you were saying before, when you do something for your podcast every day, whether that's research or talking to someone, it will naturally progress to the point where you are proud to launch. You're not mm-hmm. scared to launch. You have a plan. I think all of that is also very important for our yeah. to keep in mind. Yeah. And just recently, because I just very re- like earlier mentioned how I've been, this is the third time I recorded my trailer episode with my co-host. It's because the first two times we were gung ho about video. Like we need video. We need it edited. We need micro videos. We need a full length video. We need all these videos. And I didn't know that my co-host was actually while very confident in person, kind of camera shy. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't learn that until we listened to a couple of the recordings. The first one was just a bomb. There was technical difficulties. The second one, no technical difficulties, but it didn't feel authentic to either of us or natural. And I, again, authenticity is my number one. So I looked at her and I was like, what's going on? Like you're, we're in this room right now having a great conversation. The camera's not on. Like what's going on? She's like, I guess, I guess it weirds me out to have a camera. I've never done this before. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to try to figure out what we're going to do. Like I went dramatic. I was like, do I need a new co-host? No, (laughs) (laughs) me, I need, cause I need video and I have my ego and I need video of my face immediately with my podcast. No, Mm -hmm. I was like, all right. Let's just try to take away the camera. Let's turn off the camera and only do audio for a few episodes. Maybe we'll get used to this if we only do audio in the beginning. And later, if you're more comfortable and we figure out a better process, we'll we'll reintroduce the video. It doesn't have to be away forever. So the third recording, just audio. We did it like a few days ago. It was really good. Mm -hmm. It was so natural. We just sat on her floor. We had a glass of wine. (laughs) We we turned the cameras away and we had the conversation. And it was just how I envisioned it to be with how I thought it would be for us. And and I was like, you know what? Okay, let's do this. Two takeaways I'm getting from this is one, keep it simple. And two, drink a glass of wine once in a while. (laughs) Seriously, dude. Seriously, just takes the edge off a little bit sometimes on a nervous host or co-host. So let's go back to y'all have industry knowledge, right? And when you're focusing on your industry, you're you're both basically two halves of the same pie. Mm -hmm. How do you keep your audience in mind? What does that look like? We try to 
make sure the content is meeting the the high level need and idea of business and beauty. My co-host Sierra, she is very knowledgeable in fashion and beauty and a lot of those things, but she hasn't hosted a podcast before or done pre-interviews or understand like the nuances of production. So we had a discussion as to who would split up the work and how we would structure our interviews. So I said to her, we'll make outlines before our interviews and I will try to guide the questions like so that if I feel you are having a really great discussion about, let's say, networking in order to get more clients, but we've kind of veered too far into the nuances of like how to schedule and we've, we've passed a high level view. Like I'm going to kind of step in and ask you a question and reel you back. And at first she, when I did that, I didn't explain that was what was happening. And she was kind of like, why did you cut me off? (laughs) Have a conversation prior to you, like cutting somebody off in a podcast. To explain like, no, 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 I didn't mean it like that. Like I was just trying to like bring it back to the main topic. We split up what we would discuss. I would discuss promotion like LinkedIn Mm -hmm. processes like Asana or organization, guest uh, prospecting, pre-interviews. And then she would discuss the beauty, the business, certifications, how she got to where she is, how she you know, as an entrepreneur is opening her own studio, the nuances of being a business owner and all things within that realm, because I don't know anything about that. And it actually works out for the best that way. (laughs) What does industry research look like with your goals? So it started with discussions with Sierra. Like I just wanted to know what her day-to-day was in general, because I genuinely didn't know what a beauty professional's day-to-day was. And in understanding that and kind of almost playing imaginary assistant for her job um, and like hearing her stories, I better understood what her problem points were because great content starts, of course, with value. But how do you know what the value is going to be if you don't know what things are causing issues for these individuals of your, your audience, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's how I, I, I wrote a list of things that she had problems with or difficulty with understanding LinkedIn as a whole and how it could impact her and her business. She had issues with automation in her business, you know, setting up scheduling. Like I used Calendly to set up her bookings. I was able to translate what I knew from podcasting and translate it into her actual business. So now people book appointments through Calendly for her business. <laughs> That's awesome. Just starting with understanding what could be areas of concern or difficulty of your audience and then taking those ideas and researching them on YouTube, researching on with other business professionals. Like you can go on Instagram and just like follow other beauty professionals. Um researching different like other podcasts because funny enough there's a lot of beauty podcasts now didn't know that was a thing (laughs) there you go yeah that's kind of the summation of how I make sure you know we are splitting up the content in the right way but also making sure it has value and also 
finding out the process in which researching that would be beneficial and helpful to the show. Where do you start researching guests? If you have someone coming on your show, you mentioned Instagram yes. and YouTube. Um, what, where else or what else do you do? The easiest first starting point for anybody is starting on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is just such a social hub right now for professionals. It is a place where other professionals naturally want to network and talk to you. So start somewhere where people already want to talk to you. <laughs> um, and don't do it in an invasive way. Don't send them 20 messages and comment on every single post. Be like, hi, hi, I have a business or hi, I have this or hi, I have a podcast. Like that's not how you're going. They're going to block you. Like you're being annoying. Don't do that. So the best way okay. to do is just send an instant direct message and be very short. Hey, Diana, I see that you have a business for selling wholesale eyelashes, for example. We have a show called The Business of Beauty. We think you'd be a great fit based on your last post about blah, 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 blah. Maybe they were featured in an article. Maybe they wrote something, whatever. Just mention something that they recently did. Sure. Um, would you be interested? Question mark. That's it. Just send it just like that. Mm -hmm. Don't explain that you're in launch. Don't say what your show means. Like just mention their name, your show's name, something that they recently did and say interested question mark and just send that thing because it's going to be interesting for them to see something like that. And sure. if they respond, then of course, continue the conversation. But start with who you know, like mm -hmm. in addition to LinkedIn, start with your connections. Mm -hmm. Who knows who you're already connected to? And then, you know, on Instagram, like just kind of do you can do your research there, like just typing in hashtag beauty and the search portion of Instagram, how they have featured things um, on their page or like what's trending and then review the content and find somebody within the realm of what you want to talk about and just kind of see like, Hey, like, what are they famous for? What are they good at? Is sure. this something that would be a good thing to a good person to interview? And then just write down all the ideas. So for example, somebody that we found, um, mm -hmm. through someone that Sierra knew. So number one, starting with a connection that we know, and then two, connecting them with them on Instagram and or LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, was a former model who opened up a yoga studio. And now she's going to transition from working for someone else to working for herself. Wow. So that's kind of the summary of the what, why, and how between researching and guest prospecting for your show. That's awesome. And as you've learned more about your, your industry that you're, mm -hmm. so the beauty and business industries, so we talked about where you find guests, so prospecting. Mm -hmm. Where have you gone to learn more about the beauty industry? There's just so much on YouTube, like <laughs> specifically for beauty influencers and fashion and lifestyle yeah. and self-care. That is number one. And that is what YouTube is doing the best at right now. You will see a lot of content specifically related to that. And at least for me, I don't know if they're just targeting me because they know me and that's what they're recommending to me. Probably so. <laughs> 
there is a plethora of content related to that. And I actually started watching YouTube beauty videos in eighth grade. Like that's how I learned how to put on eyeliner was from a YouTube video. Wow, Rita. <laughs> yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. And it has like a nostalgic feeling for me. Like that's why I like it. So that's yeah. one place. Networking through Sierra. Like I've met people recently that work with her and they kind of just chit chat with me and talk to me like she works you know not only for herself but while she's transitioning and working for herself she does work with the company so kind of like talking to a couple of those people within that company has been really cool and like just learning about what their day is like and a lot from just Sierra herself too because we are friends too and like I just kind of hear about the wins and struggles of each day to day when we check in with each other and talk and it's it's very interesting and one of those struggles was how a lot of um beauty professionals are very good at networking and and you know as artists they're like great at their craft and networking and socializing and like making sure like people rebook but they struggle with the technology of side and, and promotional side of things even those current beauty industry professionals will yeah. learn something from your podcast. Absolutely. That's really exciting. I think we should go to the rapid fire questions that Great. I ask all of my guests, which is we are completely pivoting now. We're going to focus on career advice. What is yeah. your best piece of career advice? Definitely. The first one is to stay curious in the internet world. And sometimes in the beauty and business world, you can kind of think that, all right, I've learned everything there is to learn. Well, I'm going to shock you with this one, but every day online and in this world, things are changing. <laughs> and even for me, sometimes I get on my high horse and I'm like, I know everything there is to know about everything. And then I get hit with something uh, on the, on one day and I'm like, oh, I just learned something. And I no longer feel like I, I know everything anymore. <laughs> Sure. But I learn and it keeps me excited and it keeps me connected with others. Stay curious and keep trying just because something doesn't go correctly. Like my nomadic professional podcast sure. <laughs> um, doesn't mean you should like never do it again. Each experience is something where you get to learn knowledge or even meet new people that you wouldn't have met before. Yeah. And it's just one baby step at a time. and. It may not happen as quickly as you want it to, but when you keep trying, um, hopefully you can learn to have patience with process and with yourself. I love that, Rita. I love that. And what is your current favorite podcast? I think I know this answer. Yeah, we definitely hinted at Gary Vee earlier. <laughs> <laughs> He's the man. He just keeps it real. And for someone like myself that wants to keep it real, I love that. <laughs> Love it. Love Gary V. He's totally listening right now. I'm sure. Yes. Hi, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rita, where can people connect with you? You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Rita Risha, or follow me on Instagram at underscore Rita Risha. It's just my first and last name together with a little underscore in the beginning. Cause apparently there's more of me. Didn't know there was more of me in the world. Oh, <laughs> and I'll be sure to link the proper Rita Risha in the show notes. Thank so. you, Angela. This has been a blast Rita. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with our audience. It's very Absolutely. exciting. Thank you, Miss Angela.
You've been listening to Personal Podcaster. Thanks so much for joining us today. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. And if you can, please leave us a quick rating of the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.